You're listening to The Owen 60. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Owen 60 Pod for all the latest news from around the OHL. And now here are your hosts, Reese Dumaney and Colin Ward. This is episode 67 of The Owen 60 Podcast. I'm Reese Dumaney along with Colin Ward. Chill 22 is out and the preparation to be champions again begins. <laughs> I had to start it out. I had to start it out. Yeah, it does. Yeah, that's well worth it. I like that. I like that intro. I like that intro. That's a good one. I mean, for the three P, I guess you could say, yeah, three P. It's been a, it's been a while. I mean, we just I show up and we win, but yeah, we, uh, we're ready to go. We're ready to go. There's gonna be a lot of new changes to the team, but we're good. We'll be we'll be ready to go for sure. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Exciting show this week. Uh, we're gonna recap our featured game between the. Sudbury Wolves and Ottawa 67s that we thought could have been the exact same score as a Sunday afternoon affair in the NFL. Um, what else we got? We got headlines of the day uh, coming up, or headlines of the week, I should say, from the Ontario yeah. Hockey League. Um, yeah. Of course, we will preview next week's featured game between a couple of Midwest division rivals. And we have a champion in the second annual name bracket. Yeah, a new one. A new one. Well, yeah, everyone knew that last week, but yeah, we have a new champion. Kind of an underdog. It was kind of an underdog. Yeah. I it wasn't really an underdog. Like I feel like people had him winning, obviously, but it was kind of off the board. Like looking at the start, I don't think many of us had him winning it, but yeah, we won it. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. And uh, uh one more thing to get to. If you're bored Friday or Saturday night, uh, we're gonna give you an option to listen to something. So uh, we'll let you know about that uh, in our final segment to round out the show. But uh, first of all, first off, the Sudbury Wolves made the trip to TD Place to take on the Ottawa 67s. First of all, I'd like to say that can we just not call, can we just call it TD Place and not the arena at TD Place? Yes. Like like we get it. The Red Blacks play there. We understand the arenas underneath. Of course, the Red Block Red Blacks are a professional team, whereas the 67s are not, but like, let's just call it TD place instead of the arena at TD place, because just call it a lot easier. Yeah. Or TD 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 place arena. arena. Like, yeah, the opposite, but like, yeah. Yeah. That was a pet peeve of mine too. That was kind of getting on my gears a little bit there on Sunday, but it was odd, but a lot of odd things uh, get on my gears as you know. Yeah. Well, some things that are, a little bit more odd than others, wow. but yeah, that's all right. You're from Delhi. It's all good. No. <laughs> <laughs> Be careful. Be careful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah. It's a fun it's one, though. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed this game. Obviously, you, you look at the first period and you think, well, this one could be over a couple of minutes into the second period. And, well, you really thought it was because a minute nine in, the Ottawa 67 scored, made it a 4-1 game in the second. But, you know, Sudbury – Sudbury made this a hockey game and that's, that's what made this exciting. It may have turned out to be a seven to four final, but um, as close as you may have thought, or as far as you may have thought it was, um, you know, it it was pretty close until, uh, until the end of the game there. Oh, big time. And I mean, if it wasn't for Mitchell weeks, the score would have been a lot different too for Ottawa. Ottawa was all over Sudbury in that first period. Sudbury was not very tight defensively. You could say to put it nicely. They uh, were kind of out of sorts. I mean, you get that on a Sunday afternoon game on the road. Just played a couple of road games before that, too. So you get that kind of like you get away day. You want to go through the motions a little bit. You stick to your system. Sometimes those games get boring. But tonight or Sunday was 7-4, and that was a that wasn't boring at all. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of scoring, not a lot of defense. And if it was if it wasn't for Mitchell Weeks, it probably would have been at least 10 to 4, probably. Yeah. I mean, Ottawa had a lot of good chances where Mitchell Weeks flat out just stood on his head and made a lot of big saves a lot of key saves as well i mean obviously he gives up seven goals and you're looking at it like eh, i mean it wasn't the best performance but i mean he made 45 saves yeah. he made 45 saves in the contest which is incredible i mean 40 45 saves is a really good night he prepped shoe wins goaltender of the goaltender of the week in the ohl and he was making 40 saves a night so get to mitchell weeks i mean that's a solid performance even though it was seven four they lose but he definitely kept them in the game that's for sure 
Yeah, and in, in terms of me saying it was close, the score was close, 4-3. It probably shouldn't have been, but it was. Yeah. Uh, because the Ottawa 67s, this game really wasn't close um, at all in terms of puck possession in the offensive zone, in terms of, um, you know, sustained pressure in the offensive end. The shots ended up 52-26 to 26 in favor of the Ottawa 67s. Uh, Sudbury Wolves finished two for six on the power play. Uh, 67s were one for five. Wolves did control the faceoff dot, though. They won 47 against Ottawa's 37, but this this really wasn't Sudbury. We we were talking about them as front runners for the division in, in the central, and they're on a bit of a slide, and I don't think they've looked really good in this slide. You can look good and have lost three or four in a row, but the Wolves are yeah. in a situation where, you know, what, what's going wrong here? We've got Quentin Musty. We've got, you know, Jack Thompson. Uh, well, we've got those, Chase Stillman. Like, what what's going well, on here? Well, Musty and Thompson certainly have played very well so far this year. They, they have played incredible. I mean, Jack Thompson played good on Sunday, I thought. Yeah. And – Reese, we were talking a little bit during the game, and I was saying, like, Quentin Musty was your best forward. How often do you talk to it about a team and say, well, this their best player on any given night is going to be their first overall pick, obviously, but he's yeah. going to be a 16-year-old. I mean, that's very rare to see a 16-year-old be your best player when you have a bunch of drafted guys on your club. So yeah. they definitely have to pick it up a little bit. I mean, they've already played six games, Sudbury. They've played six games already. And you look at the games in 10, so. Gary Batman's calling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I muted it pretty quick. I muted that pretty quick. <laughs> but um, they've already played six games. So it's going to be interesting to see how they can turn it around. I mean, Niagara's are tied with them with only four games played. And I know it's early. We'll be looking at the standings. But really, it isn't because this sets a tone. This yeah. sets a tone for where it's going to be. When you look at the season in 10 game spans, I mean, you're at game six, so you got four more games to turn around. The time, by the time you get to 20, you know what team you are. I mean, by the time you get to 10, you kind of know what teams are going to be, to be honest, when you're covering the league. But when you get to 20, you know if you're going to need buyers or sellers. And right now, Sudbury is in that part where they got to start winning games or they might be on that short end of the stick and start to be sellers because they have yeah. some pieces there that could be up for trade that are, have high value. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do because they got to turn their season around. Well, and in terms of this game, you, you really want to know where it would have ended up if Quentin Musty doesn't hit the post on that penalty shot. And that, yeah. that, that's just a point in the game where, you know, you look at uh, – it was McKenzie in that um, for the audience. By the way, that's yeah, yeah, he. I thought he looked really good despite giving up four on 26. I still thought he played really good. There were some chances by the Wolves. They had – plenty of opportunities to tie this game when it was four three. And then McKenzie just stood tall. The defense for the 67s played really well at that point in the hockey game. And yeah, it easily could have been a lot closer, but yeah, Quentin Musty comes in on a penalty shot. Nice move. McKenzie bites all the way, like his jock straps in the rafters, just <laughs> big time. Just Musty finds the post and wasn't able to get it past McKenzie. So, you know, you, you can look at that moment in the game where, yeah, you know, the Wolves were pressing. They were on the 67s. They wanted that tying goal. They were so close. And then, you know, this happens. And then the 67s go back and score a couple quick ones. And, well, the game's over by then. So it, it, it's unfortunate yeah. the way it ended for the Wolves. But if you look at the 67s, there were points in the game where they were just hanging on by a thread, but they did control there probably was. 90% of this game. Well, yeah, definitely. And, I mean, when Sudbury scored the back-to-back goals there to make it four or three, mm-hmm. we had a game. We had a game there for sure. And then Jack Beck scores the game winner. But there definitely was a little moment there in Ottawa's mind where it's like, oh no, we're in trouble. We got to turn it up because Sudbury mm-hmm. came and they pressed pretty hard in that ten percent of the game. They did have the possession. Yeah, they did. And I mean, they had quality chances in that part as well. So I agree there one hundred percent. Yeah, well, and just ended a great weekend. Uh, didn't end a great weekend. There was a pretty great, great game in Oshawa that night. But, you know, in terms of our second featured game, we stayed in the Eastern Conference, and we got a pretty decent one. We got 11 goals compared to, you know, four 
<laughs> before a shootout the week before. So if you like goals, this was a good one to pay attention to. So um, it's a seven yeah, to four final we- for the Ottawa 67s over the Sudbury Wolves. Yeah, and a big uh, show guest, first point alert for uh, Luca Pinelli and a fight. Yeah. So good for him. I wonder if there was any talk after the game about that, knowing that the brothers, or oh, the brother of <laughs> Luca Pinelli, Francesco Pinelli, another show guest, played with uh, Chase Stillman, you could say, at the U18. So I wonder if there's a little bit of a texting going on after, after that one. Oh, guaranteed. 100%. Well, and we didn't even talk about that fight because – you know, it was a, quite a bit of a battle, and I don't know why we aren't showing penalties on here. Do we not do that anymore? I've got that tab open. Whatever. Anyways. Six for uh, – I'm just seven, trying to I, – I, I can't remember to save my life who he fought. Six for Ottawa. Oh, Chase Stillman. Chase Stillman. That's what I thought. It was between him or Thompson. I couldn't remember who it was. And Clearly, Luca Pinelli is not even close to being the size of Chase Stillman. And, <laughs> yeah, you know, the, yeah there, there was something that carried over <laughs> from the previous play, and then they just kept going at each other, and they said, you know what, screw it. Let's just drop the gloves. Let's see what this does for our teams. And, you know, for the size disadvantage for Pinelli, I thought he stood in there pretty well against Stillman. Same. You got a couple shots. Obviously, took a few shots, but you landed a couple, which is nice to see for a 16-year-old's first fight. I mean, obviously, it's a little different, but at least it's at home. It's not in that road environment. If it's on yeah. the road, I mean, it's a big difference. But at home, I mean, that's just the way Luke is going to play. He's going to play on that edge. I mean, when we had him on our show, you could hear it in his voice. You could see it in his eyes. He likes playing in that edge. A lot like Brad Mars shot. A guy that's going to be in your face. He's going to do stuff. You're going to. He's going to get in your head, and you're going to. You're not going to like him. But you're going to have to deal with it. So that's what you're going to get from him. And that's just his game. And, I mean, he did a really good job in the fight. Yeah. A couple points, too, as well, which is nice to see. To get on the score sheet, that's the main part of his game. Well, and he's going to look to replicate what his brother has been doing in the Ontario Hockey League. And I know being, you know, playing the same sport as my brother, you don't really want to – Oh, you know, he's, he's going to be like him and he's, you know, you don't like those comparisons and I'm sure Luca would like to be his own player for sure. But if he can model anyone, if he can model your game after anyone that, you know, really closely, why not do it as well as your older brother, Francesco, right? He was recently named captain of the Kitchener Rangers. So congrats to Francesco. That's pretty cool to be the captain of the franchise like Kitchener. I mean, Kitchener, it's an iconic franchise. That's for sure. And uh, that's a, great honor to be the captain of them so congrats to francesco i mean i know he'll represent that team represent the organization very well and his teammates he'll be a perfect mm-hmm. captain for that team for sure yeah absolutely we've got a couple former show guests serving as captains this year a couple of midwestern yeah, rivals yeah it could be a western conference final uh possibly of a london kitchener show guest for show guest captains the show guests in that oh yeah absolutely Give the goalie to see, put it on his mask. Hey, Tristan Lennox, an honor. Well, assistant captain for the Saginaw Spirit. Yeah, how about that? Really eh? cool. Yeah, which is really cool. I think that's pretty cool to be an assistant captain. That's yeah. a goalie. That's pretty neat. So, and I mean, he deserves it probably. He's been there a while. Yep. He's been there a while. Sure. And I mean, it doesn't really matter what the position is. I mean, everyone's talking about Brett Brochu in London, right? But Brett Brochu's a leader for the London Knights. And yeah. Tristan Lennox is a leader for the Saginaw Spirit yesterday. Yesterday in that 2-1 win for Saginaw, Saginaw, Tristan Lennox played incredible. So there's another – he's going to make big saves. He's another one that's going for that World Junior uh, spot for that goaltending position. I mean, Costa's probably there. Then you got Rochu, Lennox, Goudreau battling, it for, yeah. battling out for that second spot. And those are three good options. You're both playing really well right now. Brett Rochu's played the best hockey I've ever saw any goaltender play right now in the OHL. It's incredible. Uh, 27 out of his last 28, he's won, which – I don't – I mean, the OHL is one of the best leagues. It's one of the best leagues in, in the world for development to be that basically perfect that your last 28 is incredible. Yeah. So, uh, that's that's massive. I mean, I saw that stat on Saturday, and I'm thinking, wow, how's that – how is he not drafted? Like, how is he not having a contract right now at the professional ranks? Like, how is he not being talked about for being the world junior goaltender, Brett Brochu? Like, yeah, it's incredible to see how good he's been. Yeah, well, and you mentioned it, uh, goaltenders who could have letters. I was going to say Ben Goudreau. And, they, like, the can- Team Canada yeah. goaltending uh, tandem could easily, well, I guess, trio 
could easily be Can- uh, OHLers. Um, obviously, they'll be Canadians. Good one, Reese. Um, but easily could be with Brochu, Goudreau, um, you know, Tristan Lennox. Obviously, you've got Kosa, who is very highly touted for the Detroit Red Wings, very highly touted in the Western Hockey League. So, you know, you mm-hmm. could easily see him slide into that spot. So, you know, you never really do know what's going to happen with Team Canada, but it's always exciting um, when, when we get to find out who is actually on this team and competing for gold. And with the Devin Levi situation, you never do know. You never yep. do know. Devin Levi came in. Oh, he's going to be the fourth guy. He's the one that's getting sent home. Well, he was the starter. So, yeah, you never do know with Team Canada. And that's a that's a really good point there because you don't know. Yeah, and, you know, the starter, you're starting the tournament, and then it does not happen that way. So, And then it goes south. Yeah, those turn- yeah. in a tournament like that, it's a sprint. you got to be ready to make a change quick. And Yeah. Yeah, you definitely got to be on your toes, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, we got about five minutes left in this segment. Um, again, 7-4 final. Ottawa defeats Sudbury in our second featured game of this season. Uh, we'll take a look around the league, um, kind of at other games that stood out to us. Um, for, for me, I'll, I'll start it off. I was at the home-and-home, home, both games, uh, between the Hamilton Bulldogs and Niagara Ice Dogs. A couple of 4 nothing shutouts for Hamilton. Of course, first one taking place at First Ontario Centre. Marco Costantini getting the win in that one. And Mal Booth getting the win um, in the turnaround contest at the Meridian Centre on Saturday night. And, you know, we were talking before the show started just about, you know, the depth of the Hamilton defence and just, you know, they've seemed to have the goaltending so far this season to kind of back that up. But, you know, I, I even mentioned it like Jorian Donovan looks so good. And, you know, I think it's easy to pick Grushnikov. And now that, that was an interesting matchup to watch, especially with Niagara having, uh, having Daniil Gushin going up against uh, uh, Grushnikov for the Bulldogs, especially with that forward and defenseman matchup there. So that, that was really enjoyable to see. And that's who gets skaters. Yeah. Those are a couple of games that I really enjoyed and that I went out of my way to watch because I knew they'd be, you know, not close games. I didn't expect four nothing twice, but I expected them to be decently close games. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you knew it was going to be when Hamilton's Hamilton's decor is probably the most deepest in the Ontario Hockey League, no question about it. When you have when you have Steos, Donovan, and Grushnikov, your top three, and then you're looking at Chandler and Romeo as your sixth defenseman, along with White and Camier, your captain. That's a solid decor when a drafted player like Chandler Romeo is, is your sixth defenseman. That's a solid decor. I mean, you're going to win a lot of games like that. And it has to be the deepest in the Ontario Hockey League mm-hmm. for sure. They're probably the only team that would give Lungan a run for their money with the decor depth. And it's rightly so because that's why Hamilton moves on some ballots at the in the media polls to win the OHL and to go to the finals and to win the Eastern Conference because they're built very well from the back out. They have good goaltending. And they have very good defense, and they're, they're going to score. It's not like it's not like oh, we have good goaltending, we have good defense, but we're going to have to score by committee, right? We're going to have to we're going to have to win those three one games, those two one games, the odd one nothing game. We're going to have to win those games. Where no Hamilton can win, Hamilton can blow you out. They can beat you five nothing. They can beat you four nothing, like we saw on the weekend. They can do that because they're so deep and they have the goal scoring as well. Yeah, well, and I, I even forgot about Steos. He was he, – I think I thought he was the best defenseman for the Bulldogs. Uh, you know, all due respect to Grushnikov and Dorian, I thought Steos played really well. I saw a bit of frustration out of him at some points in both hockey games, you know, not being able to keep the puck in at the blue line when the Bulldogs were on the power play. He, you know, slammed a stick on the ice, head back to the bench. That's just frustration by a <laughs> guy get who that. competes. So, you know, I, I thought he was the best defenseman by far on the ice. That's both teams, Niagara uh, and Hamilton. But, um, yeah, just that, those were a couple games that stood out to me. Uh, Colin, what were you thinking? How did you enjoy the weekend? So similar. The Saturday night game, I thought, Owen Sound hosting Sault Ste. Marie was a big one. Gavin Bryant's show guest gets his second goal on a breakaway right through the blocker. So as a fifth goal, the game clinching goal, you could say. But the big note to me in that game was Owen Sound's defense. You're starting to see those veteran defense pay off. Andrew Parrott was first star in the game. It was rightly so. It was deserving. Mark Willie was a plus one, played good. So their veteran defense, Sam Sedley, another one, 
another veteran defenseman. Those defense are starting to step up and they're starting to make plays. As I mentioned on the pregame show, or not the pregame show, but on like when we were doing our predictions, I mentioned that Owen Sounds, they got a three, four-headed monster there on the back end. That If they can lock the other team's best forwards down, they're going to win a lot of games. They're going to need those young guys to step up and score. They did that. Gavin with a massive goal. Looked like that Suk on that one, but it was a bit. It was a ma- it was a massive goal for him. His second goal, and by the way, his first goal at the bud. Talk about talk about the best way you could write it up. The first goal of the season yeah. at Budweiser Gardens was scored by an Ingersoll native again that's been going to every. We had season tickets for a lot of nights. He grew up watching the nights, and to be a score on Brett Rochu, OHL goaltender of the week, that's a big deal. And yeah. so, congrats to Gavin getting a second on Saturday on a breakaway. That was a big one to me because they're all, the Owen Sound decor is starting to step up. They're starting to lock you down, and their young guys are scoring. If they can do that, they're going to be that sleeper team that everyone talked about. My second game was Oshawa and Peterborough. Reese, Callum Ritchie's on a tear. Callum Ritchie's on a tear. We're talking five yeah. goals in five games. Tear, six goals in five games now. But, wow, I don't know why teams give him so much space. I honestly don't. Because so far, out of every Oshawa game I saw, he has so much time with the puck. He was in Brett Harrison's spot yesterday on the power play. On Sunday, a night, I should say, in Oshawa at home, he was on Brett Harrison's spot on the power play, that one-time spot, and no one touched him. Nobody touched him. It was all on Ty Tulio. Ty Tulio did a really good job making plays, getting him the puck, but you would think when that guy is that hot, a goal, a game player, over a point a game, OHL player of the week this week, you would think we would be on him, right? We wouldn't want him to beat us. We'll take everybody else away. We don't want that kid to beat us. And he did, and he re- he was a big he was a big story in that win. And Reese, I gave you the credit on Twitter. So I got to give you <laughs> yeah, the credit you here now. I got to give you the credit right now on the show for the listeners. Leighton Moore is a stud. Leighton Moore is a stud. Wow, he can pass the puck. We saw it last Saturday in Niagara where he can just go join the rush, create plays with his feet. Such a good passer, but that outlet pass, oh my god! The other yesterday. The Ty Tulio for the Callum Ritchie goal, I believe. No, the Ty Tulio goal. He makes a pass, a 200-foot pass from his own goal line to the other team's blue line. Makes a pass right on the tape in stride to Callum Ritchie. In stride. Like, turned, like he was going the opposite way, coming from the corner around. And heads up, feet are moving, obviously. Right on the tape, right in stride. That's an NHL professional pass by Leighton Moore. And then Callum Ritchie with a nice pause beside the net with a nice feed out to the slot Ty Tulio for the goal but wow Leighton Moore is good Leighton Moore is good and Oshawa Oshawa making the hill trade really big because we knew on Saturday night when they're hosting when they were in Niagara to play the Ice Dogs on a featured game that they struggled on the penalty kill those young defensemen struggled on the penalty kill against the Ice Dogs the Ice Dogs had their way on the power play against Oshawa five on five it was it was a different story but on the power play, Niagara got set up, and they had good looks. And the Hill ad was massive. A big defenseman. You're looking at a 6'5 defenseman that can kill penalties. Yeah. That's a big difference than a 16-year-old. So that's a good ad for Oshawa. Now look for them to go on a little bit of a roll because they have the goaltending, they have the defense, they have the offensive defense, and then Leighton Moore, which is huge, and they have a top line. And when you have that, look out. Yeah. Yeah, I, I still think about it. Was Matt Broussard worth Leighton more? <laughs> right now, no. Jack right Sabnika, no, but... 1,000%. But yes, yes. if you just do Jack Sabnika, does Leighton Moore leave? So you're looking, just a one so player. That's tough. Can you imagine the 2019-2020 team in Niagara if you would have kept Leighton Moore? Leighton Moore, Akil Thomas, Phil Tomasino? Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> then you're looking at I agree, man. Yeah. They look at Daniel Gushin. If if this pandemic doesn't hit, you're looking at Daniel Gushin, Leighton Moore, Phil Tomasino. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What could have been? Yeah. What could have been? Like it's incredible to think. Like if they wouldn't have made that move down the road, Tucker Tyne in the net. You have Leighton Moore as your defenseman. Because when you look at Niagara's roster right now, Reese, they don't. They need that offensive defenseman. You know, mm-hmm. if they had Leighton Moore in that defenseman, they'd have it all in the defensive core. They have the guy that blocks shots. They have the young up and comer. And they have the guy that can play at both ends of the ice, and they have the veteran OA guy. That's massive. Howard, Enright, Leonard, and Cato uh, in bats. So you have the young guys there. It's just wild to think. 
What could have been? What could have been? What could have been? Yeah, it would have been nice, uh, but it did not happen, and the Ice Dogs did not win a an OHL championship. So that's where we stand now. But uh, new season, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, time for a break. When we come back, run through the headlines in the Ontario Hockey League, and of course later on, get to our name bracket champion. Let you know who is taking home all the glory next here on the Owen 60 podcast. This is the Owen 60. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Owen 60 pod for all the latest updates and news from around the OHL. Welcome back to the Owen 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the Owen 60 podcast. That is where you can find all of the updates from all of our featured games, uh, new episodes, articles from our awesome writer, Joel Vanderland, and the link to our website where you can find those articles. And of course, to every podcast platform that you listen to, we are there. So uh, at the own 60 podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. What's up, Colin? Yeah, and uh, Joel Vanderland, uh, speaking of him, he took on the bud on Friday night. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, how was that first experience? He took on the bud. It was quite the rain. It was quite the rainstorm, too, for him coming in. I mean, if you haven't come to London, you're going to have to deal with weather. So, yeah. It's been tough. Every time you, every time someone goes to London, I feel like they deal with weather. I'm going to say, because the last majors game we went to, um, there's fog. Like, yeah. It was pretty bad coming home on the 401. Yeah. There's always something random coming home from London. So yeah. I think he liked it. I think he liked it. I mean, it's, it's a bud. I mean, it's quite the experience. It's like an NHL experience. That's for sure. So yeah, it was good. It was a solid game as well. Windsor London. So it's nice to see those two teams battle it out. Thanks. Uh, well, and, Smith too. Yeah. Speaking of the London Knights, might as well get to this uh, right off the bat. Former show guest, uh, Brett Brochu winning OHL goaltender of the week following Tucker Tynan's, uh, honors last week but uh yeah brett brochu i think i think this was was pretty obvious as well as tucker tynan's was last week like you know it's tough to name anyone else especially when he played the second game in sarnia on saturday night i mean he's just a horse he really is he's just a horse he plays on the friday night he had to make a lot of saves the first period windsor was all over london on friday night at the blood they were all over them and brett brochu kept them in the game and London ended up winning 5-1. But it's just – then the next night, you play Sarnia, and you're thinking, okay, Madden Nuska needs a start. He needs a start. What a good opportunity to get him in. You're playing Sarnia on the road in Sarnia. It's not a far trip. Sarnia is on a back-to-back, too, playing the night before in Kitchener. Nope. And you see that a lot from Dale Hunter. He's going to ride the horses. He's done it. He's done this whole coaching tender so far. He's done that. He rides his, he rides his top dogs. And – Nope, Brett Brochu, you're going to start, and you're going to make a, a tremendous save on a two-on-one in overtime. That was wild, eh? Winner. Wow. Oh, my God. Mike Stubbs. Mike Stubbs. Mike Stubbs Shout out to Mike Stubbs for the video. Huge with the video. Yeah, what – what like, that's incredible. That, honestly, that save, like, that was just jaw-dropping. I had, mm. I had like, five games going on at once on Saturday night, but that – when I heard Mike Stubbs' goal call, I had, I had the radio – I had the radio on because it was a little spotty on the on my laptop. So I had the radio call on for my just to hear show guest Mike Stubbs. I mean, if you can't, you got to check out Mike Stubbs on radio call a game. I mean, it's one of the best in the Ontario Hockey League for sure. And Brett Brochu, it's a two on one, and he was leaning to his left, and one time or to the right, dives across, makes a huge pad save. I mean, I honestly don't know how that didn't go in. I really didn't know how that went in. I thought it was over. I thought Sonia scored. And then Luke Evangelista and the show guest comes back and feeds Sean McGurn for the winner. Sean McGurn, who's been incredible this year, uh, he gets better every time I see him play. If you have a chance to see Sean McGurn, stick with it. Continue to watch him play because I guarantee you he's going to impress you the more you see him. He's a really good player. How he doesn't have a contract in the professional ranks, it, it just baffles me. And professional contracts that doesn't have one, Brett Rochu needs one. Brett yeah. Rochu definitely needs one. And he's going to get one. He will get one this year. There, there's no way he doesn't if he's going to play like that. I mean, he's the best goaltender in the Ontario Hockey League right now. And he needs it. He needs one bad. 
Yeah, he leads OHL netminders right now with five wins. He's got a 249 goals against average, a save percentage of 922. He has won 14 consecutive regular season games <laughs> dating back to February 14th, 2020, which is also part of a stretch in which he's won 27 of 28 decisions since December 29th, 2019. So, and, and to the listeners listening to this, you let us know, but how many goalies have you saw have that, have that impressive of a run? Ingham had one that last year, I guess, too, in Kitchener when they went on that impressive run. But how many goalies have had that run in the Ontario Hockey League? I mean, Michael Hauser did, I guess, former London Knight. But how many goalies? I'm sure Mark Vizantine had, had a stretch when he was playing in the Ontario Hockey yeah. League for Niagara. Yeah, Niagara 2012. Um, did and Plymouth, but he came in. That... Yeah. <sighs> That's, That's hard. tough to try and think of some names. Jordan Biddington might have had one in Owen Sound. Yeah, Philip Grubauer potentially with Windsor when he when they were yeah. winning back to back Mem Cups. Jack like, Campbell even. Yeah. Um, maybe Michael DiPietro did it. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Ottawa had that impressive playoff streak, and when they swept through the playoffs, then lost in the finals to Guelph. But yeah, that, that's tough. That that. That, that's tough. That'd be a very impressive list to be on. I can tell you that. Yeah. If someone, if somebody can, if anyone's listening and knows a goaltender that's had an impressive run, let us know if we didn't name them because there's certainly a few out there that I just can't think of right now at the moment, but yeah. there definitely is. I mean, but what Brett Brochu's doing that definitely deserves a contract and he definitely deserves a world junior invite for sure. And I believe he gets it. I believe he gets it, but he definitely deserves a contract 100% if he's going to keep that up. I mean, you play to win, right? It's the Ontario Hockey League. You play to win. And when a guy wins 27 out of 28 starts, he's a winner. He's yeah. a winner. And th- this year, for the, looking at the London Knights, you didn't really – and for the league in that matter, you didn't really know what they were, right? And for London, you knew they had the goaltender and you knew they had the defense. I, Isaiah George looks really good, by the way. Defenseman there, young defenseman, 17 years old in his draft year. Look out for him this year in the draft. He looks really good. But you knew the defense was going to be good. Up front, you didn't really know, right? You didn't know how McGurn, if McGurn was going to be this good. You didn't know about mm-hmm. Max McHugh. You didn't know about Luke Evangelista. Well, you kind of did about Evangelista, but you didn't really know other than that because it was Liam Foodie, Connor McMichael before. Those guys were scoring all the goals, and they were legit. And now they need guys to step up. But for Brett Brochu to do this is impressive. And I mean, there's a lot of games that they won because of Brett Brochu. Yeah. So I just had to bring that up. And Brett Brochu looks uh, really good. And I hope he continues that. Well, and I think he will. I think the London Knights, we talked about it in the last couple of weeks that we think that this is the team that's going to have the best chance to compete for Memorial Cup in St. John. So, um, you know, the Hunters, I think, are going to go out and make the moves and just get even more support for Brett Brochu. Not that he really needs it because he just stands on his head all the time. But, um, yeah, definitely a guy to look at uh, come World Junior time and come award season because I'm sure he's going to be a finalist for most, if not all, goalie categories uh, come the off season. Um, oh, 100%. And especially when you look at the standings and you look at teams that are potential rebuild years. I mean, you look at Peterborough, it's one and four through five games. I mean, you look at J.R. Avon, guys like that. J.R. Avon's a guy that could possibly be on the move. Obviously, it's early and we're not lower yeah. saying names, but it's early and a lot of teams will turn around. But there's a potential uh, sellers this year. And there's another name that you could see be on the move to a place like that. Absolutely. 100%. Uh, okay. To the player of the week. And again, no surprise, <laughs> easy pick here. Uh, Oshawa Generals rookie Callum Ritchie recording seven points, four goals, and three assists over three games. And he was a plus four, and he capped it off with a really good night against the Peterborough Peets Sunday night. And first of all, let's address this first. What's a bigger rivalry, the Peets versus the Generals on the ice or the Peets versus the Generals on Twitter? I think we got to talk about that because, man, like Brandon's going hard right now. (laughs) <laughs> like i yeah, get there's yeah. a rivalry there between oshawa and peterborough but damn brandon yeah, going mean, at I, it 
I'm glad you brought that up, Reese, because I'm scrolling right now through the Oshawa Generals Twitter through the game, and it's like, wow. Like, there's a lot of stuff going on where it's like, oh, my, like, through that game, and I can I can see why, but uh, there's a couple where the Pete's corrected them about uh, Oshawa's spelling. Um, Pete's P-E-T-E apostrophe S, where it was just P-E-T-E-S, the Pete's foot, and then Oshawa responds, you focus on spelling and we'll keep scoring goals. Thank you. That was the one that I had to bring out, but it was quite the match on Twitter for sure. I mean, that's definitely a rivalry. It was a heated game yeah. in the moment as well. So, yeah, and Callum Ritchie, we mentioned that six goals in five games, they're giving them too much space in my opinion. I think the other teams are going to start to catch on to them now and start to take that space away because if you don't get if you give them space, he's going to pick you apart like a lot of scores in this league. But you got to take that space away from him because he's going to pick you apart. Yeah, he uh, he's been off to a phenomenal start and he is the youngest generals player to record four points in a single game since Michael Dal Cole did it on November 4th. 2012 Uh, his five game goal scoring streak brings him in line with John Tavares who accomplished the feat in the month of January in 2006 which by the way was in his exceptional status uh, rookie season so that's some pretty good Oshawa Generals company for Callum Ritchie and we we talked about it with Callum Ng uh, on the draft special just you know, clearly you couldn't say, oh, he was definitely going to get this many points. He was definitely going to be a superstar in this league. Well, second overall, he should be. But, you know, Callum said, how can you judge them without watching them play a full, you know, minor midget season? And he was totally right. But I kind of wish we would have got to see him play a minor a midget rookie. season. Like, man. Well, well, okay. So what a rookie, what a rookie start, though. Can you imagine Colton Smith having five goals and Callum Ritchie having six? In the scoring leaders, I mean, wow! Like, there, there's so many guys in the rookie of the year uh, conversation. I mean, a lot of us didn't know what they were going to look like. We didn't know because, like you said, no minor midget year. And it's just thinking like, how many go- how many young guys are coming in and actually like leading the league in scoring, which is impressive yeah. to me. It's not just rookie scoring; it's leading the league like in total in scoring. So, yeah, I mean, it's wild. It just shows how much the development is around here at the minor midget level i mean how good the hockey is and the transition can be made a lot easier said than done but it can be made and and it's nice to see that yeah uh callum ritchie also the first generals player to win this honor since phil tomasino did it uh, from january 6th to 12th in 2020 other candidates that were in the conversation for player of the week. I know one of these guys you wanted to talk about, Colin, uh, Jack Beck, who had four goals and two assists over three games. Uh, Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds winger Cole McKay, who had six points. And Colton yeah. Smith, who scored five goals, including his first career OHL hat trick with a 3-0 and weekend for the Knights. Yeah, Colton. Colton Smith's interesting to me because he – it doesn't look like he's the best skater and you don't really notice him much, but then next thing you know, he has a hat trick or he has two, a two goal game or he makes a nice play and at least do a goal. It's just the touch. And he's going to go up a lot of draft boards this year. I mean, by Christmas, you could be looking at him as a first round pick. That's how good he could be. But I just want to see more things about, other than goal scoring in his game. I want to see more in the defensive and I want to see more plays with the puck. I want to see a little bit more flash. Obviously that might not be his game. He might not get that, but it would be nice to see that more in jam. But he definitely has a really good shot. You're looking at a Connor McMichael-type shot. For a lot of fans listening, you're looking at a Connor McMichael-type shot, which is nice, and you guys know how much how lethal that is. So hopefully you can keep shooting, and uh, the goals will come for sure. And, Reese, I like the Jack Beck uh, comment as well. Eight points in five games this year. Jack Beck looks really good. The Calgary sixth-round pick this past draft. That sixth round, that sixth round is the money round for yeah. a lot of teams this year so far with the OHL because so many teams, so many players are turning out that were taken in the sixth round this year because no season in. Jack Beck's another one who would have went a lot higher if there was a season last year. Yeah, yeah. well, Jack Beck looked really good on Sunday in our featured game, so that is definitely uh, well-deserved for him to be consideration for this honor. But um, it is Callum Ritchie taking home OHL player of 
the week. Uh, a couple more things we want to get to here in this second segment before we take a break. Um, the, I, I think the discussion has to be had about some teams naming maybe a re- – I don't want to say a ridiculous amount of alternate captains, but Saginaw is a prime example. Cameron Barber's their captain. Um, they've got seven other guys who are wearing letters this year. Yeah. When the hell else have you ever seen that? I have never saw that before in my life. I've never saw seven captains, but I mean, I get it. It's the Ontario Hockey League. It's a unique league, obviously, and teams make those types of decisions and they do those moves. But seven's a lot. That's a lot of voices. And I mean, I'm a big believer is you don't even have to wear a C to be a leader. Yeah. You know who the captain is in the room. You know who they are. So you don't really have to do it. And I can just see it this being a movement where we missed last year. Mm-hmm. We missed. I the, think that's what it is. And here that's it. what and it is. You know what? This is your last year, junior. Yeah. You get a letter. You persevered through last year. You worked hard. Whoever worked hard. Everyone worked hard, obviously. But yeah. whoever improved the most. You missed last year. You suffered through, through so much. You get a letter. You get a ladder on the road. You you get a ladder at home. You get a ladder, and that's what it's going to be. And uh, it's an interesting decision, to say the least. But I don't mind it because everyone knows who the leaders are, and it's a good opportunity for guys as well. Yeah, uh, joining Barber full time with a letter, uh, Mitchell Smith and Davis T Bone Cod. Still one of the best names. He'll be in our next year's name bracket. Um, oh 100 who's been off to a really good start he's been off yeah. to a really good start he had a really good development camp with the wings where he says you know and it's coming back to the o and good to see because i think he gets a contract next year or if he goes back through the draft he'll definitely get a shot yeah uh by the way i didn't know this about uh, uh t-bone he is a michigan high school golf champion yeah sandbagger alert yeah we got to check out some detroit courses anyway some of the courses are really nice in uh, in michigan Michigan or even up in northern michigan like yeah traverse city yeah maybe we'll have to make a trip there one day we'll see yeah um but also other alternate captains and these will be split between the white white and dark jerseys Shout out to this man, show guest, Buffalo Sabres prospect Josh Bloom will have an A on his white jersey, while Dalton Duhart will wear the A uh, on the dark when they wear their dark jerseys. So Bloom will have an A at home for the first half of the season. Duhart will have an A on the road for the first half of the season. And... Yeah, I mean, the 20th anniversary for the Saginaw Spirit. I mean, this may be also a reason that they're going with uh, this many leaders, but um, for their 20th anniversary year, the Spirit will wear an alternate jersey later in the season. And on those nights, Pacey Schluting and Nick Wong will be the alternate captains. And then, of course, like we mentioned, Tristan Lennox is, uh, is an alternate captain as well course not wearing a letter which he's a goaltender he's not gonna wear a letter he didn't unless he's longer, re- put on his yeah mask. exactly you got to put it on the front of the mask that'd be cool that'd be cool if you could do that put it on the mask i mean yeah. you can but they should do that it uh, would be interesting though to see the goalie with the actual letter i know right stuff. why not i why wonder not? why like, they don't do that like is it is that a like, twitter poll like is obviously, that a twitter poll? why can't a goalie like, wear a letter yeah like you see on uh on mighty ducks you know, how they just, oh, Pat Charlie Conway or Pat Charlie Conway uh, on the chest with the C. And it's like, it's, is, is it that really easy? Like, it obviously isn't. Yeah. But you think, is that the reason why? No, it can't be. So I, I have no idea, man. Makes doesn't make a whole lot of sense yeah. to me. Yeah, it's interesting for sure. But, but yeah, that's interesting. And uh, I would let him, I'd let him wear a letter. I, I think that'd be cool. Right? Change the, change the league a little bit. Change, change, uh, Change the narrative because, like, why can't we've been the lead to change everything else? Why not now? I mean, that'd be a cool thing to start. I mean, why not? Yeah. Why doesn't a goalie have a letter on their chest or on their jersey? We should, uh, I'll put that out on Twitter poll. That'll be on Twitter. Twitter poll. All right. Should, should, a, should, a, should a goalie get a letter? Like, or should a goalie be able to put a letter on their jersey? 
I say yeah. I, I say think yeah. so. I'm in, I'm down for that. Yeah. I like that idea. The effect. I mean, make it happen. Yeah, why not? Um, and just the and mask. One more thing as well. The Windsor Spitfires named their uh, leadership group. Will Cooley wears the C for the Spitfires. But we got to mention it because of this. So wearing the A's this season, uh, Daniel D'Amico and Luca Heno will be the alternate captains on the road. Wyatt Johnston will be a full-time alternate captain. And Grayson Ladd and show guest Pasquale Zito will yeah. wear the A for home games. So shout out to Detroit Red Wings prospect and a former show guest. Well, let's drop the former because they're show guests. So I don't know why I keep saying former. Oh, but, yeah. You know, good one, Reese. He will never not be a show guest because he's been on. So you know, look, that's at, like look saying, at me go. But yeah, but that's okay. That's okay. That's not as bad as saying the first overall pick or the ninth overall pick. I always thought like I, that used to be a pet peeve of mine. So let's say you're the ninth. You can say it for a year draft. for your rookie season. You can say it for a year. Yeah, that always bugged me. Like when they say, "Oh, you're always that pick in your draft class." I mean, if you get picked a hundredth overall in your draft class, you're the hundredth pick in your draft class. So I always thought like yeah. that's interesting to me. That's always get, that's one of those things that's always gets on my gears. That's not as bad. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it was going to happen. We started off getting in my own gears, and now I'm doing it again. <laughs> no worries. All good. Um, time to take a break. When we come back, uh, we will preview this week's featured game. We are heading to the Western Conference for the first time this season. And some content for you if uh, you are bored Friday and Saturday night. Um, We've got something for you to do. So um, stick around. We'll take a break and come back here on the Own 60 podcast. This is the Owen 60. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Owen 60 pod for all the latest updates and news from around the OHL. Welcome back to the Owen 60 podcast. I'm Reese Maney along with Colin Ward. We have a champion, Colin. Do you care to do the honors? Yeah, so name bracket champion goes to Denver Barkey. Denver Barkey. The name bracket champion defeating Sade Wisdom. Robert good matchup. Claus. It really was a good matchup, I guarantee you. Well, I mean, Denver Barkey gets the buy back in the next year. Yep. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you that Sade Wisdom will be back looking for revenge next year because he's got to he, be in the league next he's year. Gotta, he's got Yeah, that's very true. That's very true, but oh for two. Even if he doesn't, and he's been yeah. so close both times. It's both I have vote. I know, but Denver Barkey, the champion, really good player as well. So it's nice to have a guy that's a really good player. Yeah, in in with the best name. So like, it's you know it's just easy to pump them up. So Denver Barkey, the winner of the name bracket, twenty twenty one. So congrats to Denver. Yeah. What an what a name, Denver Barkey. What an honor to uh, be named the <laughs> champion of the Owen Sixty Podcasts All Name Bracket. So, yeah. welcome to the Owen Sixty uh, Name Bracket Championship level. It's, it's a big deal, Gary Dutton. <laughs> <laughs> when Ty Nelson came on, welcome to the OHL. Number one's a big deal. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, so, congrats to him. Uh, time to get to our featured game for this week. And they will meet each other twice in less than a week. It will be the Kitchener Rangers visiting the Guelph Storm on Sunday, October 24th at the Sleeman Center. No guarantees, but we will try to be there. Um, it'll be my I first trip get... to Guelph, so I have no clue where the heck I'm going. So that'll be interesting, but... Um, it, it should be a fun one, especially because they meet up at the Kitchener Memorial Auditorium tonight, October 19th. Unless you're not listening to the game tonight or the show tonight, then October 19th, they would have met, um, of course, with the score already being revealed. But uh, we will be there at the Kitchener Odd for that game to kind of, you know, get us set for the featured matchup this coming Sunday. And you know, you can look at the rivalries between Kitchener and London, all those hard-fought battles, but I think this one's a little bit stronger than that Kitchener-Guelph. Big time. And Reese playing in the inner county, 
we saw the Guelph and Kitchener rivalries growing up. Yeah, there's a there's a big rivalry between those two cities because it's so close. And I mean, naturally, you're gonna have the rivalry. So it's gonna be exciting. That's for sure. It's gonna be an exciting week of hockey for those two teams. I'm excited to cover that because it's gonna be a fun one. Yeah, two Midwest division rivals going head to head twice in less than two weeks, and you know we're gonna see a lot of that this year. And we were talking about it during the break, how Owen Sound and London are going to be done in London in a few weeks' time. And that's just – that's wild to think. Like, it's – oh, really? They're they that times, many times yeah. in London already? That's that's weird, but – Well, with the border opening, it's going to be nice. Finally. Finally Hopefully I can make it action. to a Wings game because I have tickets <laughs> for yeah. November 9th, and it would be nice to go there. So I'm hoping. hoping yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, in terms in terms of this matchup, we'll of course talk about uh, talk about this leading up, Colin and I, and then of course stay tuned to our Twitter and Instagram at the Own Sixty Podcast for updates throughout the game on Sunday. But you know, as we stand right now, the Kitchener Rangers currently in tied for second place, but in third place because Sault Ste. Marie leads their division. But you know, the Kitchener Rangers have not lost yet. They are three and zero. They have scored sixteen times, given up ten. Whereas the Guelph Storm down in sixth place, they are one, two, and one with three points on the season. And their plus minus for goals for goals against is zero because they've given up 18 and they've scored 18. Yeah, the George Burnett system. They are uh, they're also up there in penalty minutes. <laughs> 40 penalty minutes on the season. The Kitchener Rangers are the Second least penalized team, third least penalized team in the Western Conference. Uh, Windsor's only taken 20 minutes in penalties. Uh, the Flint Firebirds at 25, and then the Kitchen Rangers are at uh, 28 minutes, where you have the Guelph Storm. They have taken 40 penalties in minutes. So it will be chippy. Those numbers will go up. That's, that's expected, but um, it should be a fun game overall, a fun week overall, especially being able to see both games live in person at two different barns. So yeah, and two really good environments as well. And every game so far this year through the first two games has been a one goal game. Five four the first matchup back on the ninth and then on the or on the on the eighth was the first matchup six five then on the ninth five four Kitchener defeating Guelph. Kitchener leads the season series two oh in that and remember the second or this yeah the second game on the ninth in Kitchener the puck that went under Owen Bennett's pad that went mm-hmm. in the net. So that's the last one. There's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how the teams, how the teams bounce back from that decision. I mean, well, Kitchener owns the last season series. I mean, six and two in 1920 against the Guelph storm. So Guelph's looking to turn it around 23, 10 and one, the last five years Kitchener against Guelph. So they've had some success against Guelph. And I mean, Guelph's had some good teams in the last five years as well. So it's going to be interesting to see how Guelph moves past this i mean they're well coached so it's gonna be interesting to see how they look absolutely uh time to get to our players to watch for the game um might as well start i guess with the visitors it'll be the kitchen rangers uh, might as well go with them first colin who are you kind of looking out for uh in this game well i know my show i know the show guy's gonna have a good one in francesco Pinelli, but i'm gonna go with uh reed Bellotti. i think he has a good game five points so far on the season i think he continues that I like that pick. Yeah, that works out well for them. Um, for me, it's tough. You know, it's the Rangers' defense. the The big names aren't there, so you're kind of mm-hmm. wondering, like, you know, like are they? And we saw them in the preseason. Yeah, like how are they going to hold up? I didn't think the Kitchener Rangers played that great as a team, to be honest, in that final preseason matchup um, with the Niagara Ice Dogs, but. I think for this one, it's going to be Arbor Jacki for me. Um, he's got three points in three games. All of them are assists. He's got 10 penalty minutes, which is almost half of what yeah. the Kitchen Rangers have. So, you know, I, I'm going to look for him. It's going to be a rough game. You can already tell just Kitchener, Guelph, you, you expect it to be rough. But, you know, Arbor Jacki is a guy who's going to shut it down when he wants to. And if you – 
get in his way or you come charging at him, he's going to try and lay you out as hard as possible. So I think that's why he is, he is near the top in terms of, you know, confidence from, from Mr. McKenzie, the head coach for the Kitchener, Kitchener Rangers. And, you know, he's going to be on the ice a lot. They're going to look for him, especially late in the game, if they're down or up to, you know, shut it down in the defensive zone. So I'm going with Arbor Jacki from Kitchener Rangers. I like that one. That's a good one. Switch to the home side, the Guelph Storm, who are in their 30th season in the Ontario Hockey League. So shout out to them um, for that, Mark. But uh, Colin, who you got for this one? Yeah, I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go to the back end as well, Reese, with you. But I'm gonna go to Daniel Chaika. I think he has a big game. Five points in four games so far. The second round pick by Vegas, 38th overall in the 2021 this past draft. So I got Chaika. Yeah, I like that. Uh, for me, I'm going to go to the forwards. I'm going to go. Oh, this is tough. I had a couple of names in mind. Seekich uh, and uh, Jilkin. I'm going Jilkin, Danny Jilkin. Um, one goal, two assists so far this season. Um, he's center ice position. And he's got high expectations for himself. The Gulf Storm have high expectations for him. So, um, if the Guelph storm are going to come out on top on paper, they are the weaker team in my opinion. Um, so Shilkin will have to play a full 60 minutes at hundred percent. He won't be able to take any shifts off. And I think that goes for the entire team, uh, for the Guelph storm. They'll have the host home ice advantage in this one, but, um, for them, it's just play every shift hard and, you know, maybe keep the shift short, just try and figure out a way to tire out the kitchen Rangers. So. Yeah, for sure. It'll be a fun matchup for sure. 100%. Guelph Storm are hosting Good the Kitchener pace. Rangers October 24th, 2 p.m. start at the Sleeman Center. Stay tuned at the Owen 60 podcast on Twitter and Instagram uh, for all game updates throughout the game. So that's yeah. Sunday. And if you were bored on Friday night at 7.30 or Saturday night at 7 o'clock, um, Ted Lehman's son is getting married this weekend. So congratulations to him and his bride um, and to Ted and his entire family. But um, I will have the call of the Oshawa generals and Niagara ice dogs from the tribute community center uh, in Oshawa, seven thirty-five. puck dropped pregame. I'll get it going around seven fifteen or so uh, country 89.com and giantfm.com. Again, if you're bored sat on Friday night, um, so it'll be the ice dogs and generals. I'll be solo for that game. And then the following night on Saturday, the ice dogs return home to face the Mississauga steelheads. That one's a seven o'clock, seven o'clock puck drop in St. Catharines. I'll have the call for that one as well. Uh, pregame will start at six 45 and I will be joined by Rob Hubbard, uh, on the call. So it'll be the two of us having that game between the ice dogs and steelheads. So, if you're bored Friday or Saturday night, that'd be awesome if you could tune in. Um, it will be my first OHL game since 2016, where the Erie Otters Akeel. and the Niagara Ice Dogs did battle um, at the Meridian Center. Akil Thomas's first OHL goal. Not a big deal. Um, Not a big deal. But uh, get a no. Joe Ranger. Joe Ranger. Man, I'm pumped for that. That was the first thing I looked at. I'm like, if Joe Ranger isn't starting, I might not call the game because I'll be too upset. (laughs) (laughs) Opt out. Yeah, opt out. But right. Yeah, it's gonna be a fun one. Yeah. It's gonna be a fun one. For sure. Pumped for it. (laughs) All right. Well, that pretty much brings us to the end of our show, the 67th installment of the Owen 60 podcast. It's good. Should be a good featured matchup. Guelph Storm, Kitchener yeah, Rangers, excited. 2 p.m. Busy week. Sleeman Center. It is. A lot of hockey. It's a very busy week. Yeah, it's a very busy week. We got like yeah, Tuesday. Seven or eight combined games. Yeah, I'll be like, we'll be in Kitchener on Tuesday, the 19th. Um, I think Friday both two, of us will be on three. Thursday. Barry Colts yeah, and Thursday. Ice Dogs because so, I have to pick up radio gear. Um, two, Friday, Saturday, it's, and then Sunday. So Four games in a row. Like seven games. Mind. No chill for yeah. us. Dang. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. That's okay for that. Yeah, it is. 
going to be exciting. Yeah, you're going to see a lot of teams. You're going to have a lot of info next week. Next week's show is going to be a fun one. There'll be a lot of info. Yeah. For sure. Going into next week's show. Uh, thank you to everyone for tuning in. Appreciate it every time you do so. Again, uh, at the On 60 podcast, the link is up there. So the best spot to get podcasts, whichever one you go to, uh, the link to all of them is up there. Of course, the website as well. So um, again, appreciate you tuning in. Uh, should be a fun week ahead for the Ontario Hockey League. And we will chat in seven days. Yeah.